This episode is brought to you by Simple Mobile. Tired of being tied down with a wireless contract? Switch to Simple Mobile and stay connected on a powerful nationwide 5G network. Unlimited talk, text, and data starts at $30 a month with no contracts, activation fees, or credit checks. Visit simplemobile.com today. Out with the old, in with the simple. Compatible 5G-capable device and SIM require. Actual availability, coverage, and speed may vary. 5G network not available in all areas. One month equals 30 days. See terms and conditions at simplemobile.com. This episode is brought to you by the first-ever Toyota Corolla Cross. Sometimes everything just clicks. Like when your favorite song comes on at just the right time. When there's two tickets left for the show. When everyone in the crew can agree on what album to listen to. When everything just feels right. That's the feeling of the first ever Toyota Corolla Cross. Available with all-wheel drive, Qi wireless charging, and advanced JBL sound system. It's everything you need. Nothing more, nothing less. Learn more at toyota.com. Drop me a fat beat, DJ. <laughs> Very nice. Oh, I do like that. I got to tell you guys, we're fired up today. We. I just yes. had a coffee, and um, good thing we weren't recording a minute ago. I don't but know. That's some pretty good this content. This is the Honey Hole Hangout, where we hang out, and, talk we, about honey hole. and we talk about hunting and fishing. Yep, we talk about all kinds of wipes. Yep, Dude wipes. <laughs> Dude wipes come up a lot. Um, well, we're going to get after it, but you guys should go to our website, buy some flat earth stickers, because you know the earth is flat, and there's good fish. Did someone just burp? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you had to guess who that was. If you had to guess who that was. Oh, it was 100% Mr. Mr. C. <laughs> C4. That is right. Yeah. That is right. That would have been correct. So, that was the first uh, test. Of people's knowledge of do they know their host? <laughs> it's going to be a fun new game that we play periodically. Who's most likely to burp and then fart and try to kill us all with his methane? That one was Landon Rowlett. Well, I don't you think you saw me. I guys, Weak guys, attempt. Uh, being unbiased, I don't think this is like the greatest content of burping in people's ears. But well, I could be wrong. Uh, have you seen with the that being said, videos? <laughs> with that being said, y'all should go leave a review. <laughs> Five stars. We're still waiting on ten reviews before we do our drawing. It might take a year, but we'll get there one day. We'll get there one day, and we will raffle off some stuff. Monday? One day. One day. On Monday. Landon, let's give the listeners like an incentive. Like, What are we going to raffle off? We're going to raffle a prize pack from Hill Country Fly Fishers that includes lots of cool stuff, a book, a fly tying kit, and then we'll also throw some Honey Hole Angling swag in there, like some Fish to Flat stickers, Yep. so we can spread our flat earth propaganda. That's right. Are we going to do like a do-it-yourself fish tattoo kit? A, what'd you say, Ian? Like a do-it-yourself fish tattoo yeah. kit. Yeah, like yeah. a broken bo- uh, ballpoint pen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and a pattern. <laughs> a pattern. <laughs> it's going to be a stencil. <laughs> <laughs> just grab your needle. And <laughs> you can use the pen to draw it on you before you actually tattoo it. Yeah. You can choose to sterilize it or just trust us. It's <laughs> <up to you. laughs> All right. What are we drinking tonight, Zach? 
uh, a Midsummer Night's Dram. This was donated to us by Gabe. He's yes. been our uh, whiskey guy. Been so, hooking it up. Ooh, this does smell good. And I hooked it up with him with some stickers. So this is a blend of straight rye whiskeys. Uh, made in Utah. Cool. Uh, it's a no hard- state knows drinking like the Utahnians. <laughs> 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 oh, man. oh. All right. uh, Is that what you call people from Utah? Utahnians? Another word. starts with M. But, uh, <laughs> uh, so it is finished in oak port barrels. So that's cool. This is a hard it's one to find. Really good. Yes. Um, the bottle's pretty cool, too. Yeah, the bottle is very cool, very classy. Very smooth. Ooh, you smell that port. I, p- I smell starboard board. Starburst? Starburst. <laughs> starboard board. It's good. Or is that bow? No. That is really Whoa. good. Yeah. Super, super smooth. That's like an explosion of flavor. I like this a lot. Too bad it's really hard to find. Yeah. Gabe had to get on a waiting list to get his next bottle, and he gave us the remnants of that bottle. Yeah. Thank you, Gabe. Thank you, Gabe. This is awesome. Mm. I really like this. Yeah. It has like, so you get the rye, so you get that like spicy note. But then it finishes off with like that port, so it gets like real like fruity and smooth towards the end mm-hmm. of it. Yeah, that is it's that's really great. Good. All right, honeypot score four, four for Cliff. I'm giving it a four. If I could find it, I'd buy it for sure. But I'm not gonna like out of five. Uh, Will, what are you gonna say? And you can give halves. I mean, I'd have to look and see how much a bottle is, but that's It's really about $80 like, if you okay. find it retail. But price is 70. Price is something we take in consideration. Sometimes it is. It is. It? No, it is. If we know the price. If we know the price, we I can thought take it, it was, I thought we said I mean, on the first could, time we did I it. I could find a $50 bottle and I'm going to go buy it's just as good as, quote unquote, a $1,500 bottle. I'm not going to go buy a $1,500 bottle. Yeah, but you can't, can just, you can't just drink poppies and think I thought that. We, <laughs> this is true. No, it's, a, it's good. I, I thought we said a, a couple of weeks ago five. we were going to take out price altogether. Am I wrong in that? I don't know. I think sometimes we don't know the price. Sometimes we do. We Price pulled out. That's a four. That's That's good. Yeah. I'm going that's four. Yeah. yeah. See, even for 80 bucks, knowing, like if I found a bottle, I'd buy it every time. You won't find a bottle. But <laughs> very good. If I was doing it based off price, I would say a one because I'm not going to spend my money on it. Mm. <laughs> but okay, that's cause I then choose. you don't base it off price, right? Okay. Cliff's honeypot score can be a four. That's right. Price not included. Price not included. But how about this? If I told you that bottle was twenty dollars, oh, it'd be a five. I'd buy that all day long. So okay, it's easy. That would be us. that would be three hundred right now. That would be yeah. troublesome for me. That is like inflated, probably like a smaller store. Like if you child. find it at Specs, retail, like normal retail, would be bucks. 70, 80 bucks. Well, is it, I mean, even that, like, Pappy's is what, like 250 if you can find a retail, right? Well, Depends on which one you're going for, but yeah, it's expensive. Was well, it the 15 year or the 20 year that's like really. I don't know. We're going to get Gabe on, though. I yeah. talked to him about it when I picked Talk this up. It. He's going to, he was going to give us the whiskey rundown. It'll be sweet. But, yeah, so we're going to go with the four. Ian, what are you drinking tonight? Dude, I got nothing, man. I just ate some tacos, and that's it. I'm drinking How would you water. rate your tacos? <laughs> Dude, what would you rate your tacos? Dude, uh, they were okay. I mean, it was Torchies. Okay. Um, so what you get? Nothing so special. So, like, 
I like torches. Yeah. I like torches. It, it depends just... on the location you go to. Because that I mean, is here, very true. Here yes. in town, the Alamo Heights location is great. Yeah, it's yeah. way better. The than one in the rim, Stone Oak. Crap. Yeah. yeah, that's the one that's closest to us too. And it's yeah. just like, eh, yeah. hit or miss. I've had a couple times. I've been. Eh. Yeah, I'd agree. Yeah. Did you guys do anything interesting this week? Um, Outdoor related. I shot ducks. You did shoot ducks. Yeah, Tell did. us about that, Cliff. Did you call them in? No, Evan called them in. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's, I sound like a child on a kazoo at a three-year-old's birthday party. <laughs> <laughs> Does he let you take the kazoo out there with you? In fact, he told me to leave my call, uh, duck calls in the truck. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, you know what? You're not even going to bring them with Don't you. Don't even bring them. Don't even look the part. But, uh, so, Cliff, let me ask you this. Okay, so you buy a duck call, and duck calls can be pretty affordable or they can be extremely expensive. Mm-hmm. How much uh, of your personal touch goes into making a duck call like how much is it practice versus how much is it the call that you're using i can't say that you don't but know i think either no matter what call you get it's you have to practice yeah okay you're not going to find a duck call coming out of the box that someone who's never blew one can blow and sound like an actual duck Mm. You might have some that make you sound like close. Maybe you have a prodigy, but I'm saying the standard layman go into Academy, Bass Pro, wherever, a custom shop, you're going to have to practice it. So if, if they're trying to get into duck hunting, what resources can they use to like learn how to blow a duck call? Like YouTube? Is there like good YouTube, YouTube videos? YouTube has a lot of good videos. Um, the Duck Commander guys actually do a tutorial on how – to blow like their calls and the stuff that they use. Are their calls good? Because I've heard like mixed reviews. I've heard some people say they're really good, and then some people say. Eh. Well, well, they have like their top of line stuff, and they also have their everybody can who watches the show can buy them too. And I think that's how it's broken up. Mm. Yeah. You, they have their good calls, and then they have their TV show calls. Yeah, like the yeah. good calls are what they became famous for, but then now they just have like, well, everybody wants a Duck Commander call. Mm-hmm. So I. I have two calls that I switch back and forth on practicing on, and one's an Echo Timber, and it's about a 50-ish dollar call. Mm-hmm. It's not crazy expensive, but it's not like your $29 Duck Commander. Um, yeah, I, I get a lot of good rasp from it, it sounds like, but I don't really know fully what I'm looking for and trying to do yet. And then, and it's a double read. And then I have a single read that Evan gave me to practice on that I've been blowing. And I'm not sure who makes it. I know it comes out of Stuttgart, Arkansas, though. Mm-hmm. So I've not looked, and I don't know who makes it off the top of my head. Okay. But I've been practicing a little bit. I can get a few good quacks in every now and again, but like feed calls or hell calls I can't do mm. whatsoever. And even my quacks, it's like maybe 1 in 10, 1 in 15 that are actually like Real good. good. Yeah. Gotcha. So I'm just not there yet, which is fine. Um, it's definitely like kind of a hard one to, to master, in my yeah. opinion. Um, so I did not b- call them in. And we used, we only used about six decoys 
out there is a small like little cattle tank mm-hmm. that we were hunting over and the first day that we went out which was opening day we got in there early threw out the decoys set up we had two come in and we missed them and then we had a flock of about six to eight i said six he said eight but there was a lot going on at that moment so it's not like i was counting the birds necessarily in my peripheral i was just throwing up the gun and shooting and we both got two out of that flock and then my gun jammed oh dang so i only got one shot off but i got one kill so that's fine. same jamming issue that i was having when we were hunting chuckers probably i don't remember exactly the shells weren't ejecting fully it wasn't cycling through it wasn't it would eject but it wouldn't push in the new shell from Mm. the magazine correctly like it was trying to feed both of them Mm -hmm. at the same time um so we got to the first morning we went back evan cleaned them because i was doing something else do you guys just breast them out or did you guys pluck and and um and do it that way no we just breasted them out um he suggested that we eat the raw duck heart as like a rite of passage both of you <laughs> yeah he was going to do it with me and, and then... for me it was like a rite of passage i at first was like i don't know and then i was like cliff quit being a ninny just do it <laughs> so i opened a beer which all my beer was completely frozen solid in the bottom of my yeti that's the second time using the yeti ice and then pouring 40 pounds of ice on top of it the whole like six inches of the bottom frozen, frozen solid like i was using a ice pick to go around the beer cans to break it loose and i was actually ending up popping the beer cans and having to pull them out and then it was just like almost opened up like you would be shotgunning a beer nice so i was drinking beers sideways like out of the can like that Mm -hmm. um opened a beer and i said okay i'll do it and i go over there and he's like all right choose your heart i chose what i thought looked like the smaller of the two but they were about the same size they're probably about quarter size or so and we cheers it and throw it in and i throw it in the back and bit down through like my molars on it and it like popped or whatever and then i was trying to swallow it and my body would not let me swallow it whatsoever Mm. so i was trying to force it down and it wouldn't go down and i was gagging at the same time like and eventually wait can you do that again no (laughs) eventually other stuff came up and like i actually ended up like throwing up and the heart came out and landed on the ground and i was like well i guess that's done now you're never allowed to duck hunt again Mm -hmm. no you lost that rite of passage (laughs) i still went the next day you didn't eat the duck heart though Nah, i'd like to see you put a raw duck heart in your mouth and swallow it i haven't shot a duck I'll cross that bridge when that comes. Exactly. But you know what? I probably will get it down. The thing is, (laughs) the thing is, the raw heart actually didn't taste bad. 
Then why'd you throw it up? I have no idea. It was just something like a mental block or like a body block would not let me get it down. Hmm. Yeah. Because I was actually trying. I wasn't like keeping it at the forward of my mouth. Like we'll trying. ask Evan. Yeah. He'll say the same thing I'm saying. Okay. Okay. Um, <laughs> he laughed at me. He said, make sure to say this on the podcast. Tell this story on the mm-hmm. podcast. They laughed at you? Well, the the whole story about me throwing up the raw duck heart. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, we went out the next day, and we shot two more. We only had two fly in the whole time. One got lost. It flew over. We shot it, and he kind of went down behind some trees, and we never saw where it actually went down. So I looked for about 20 minutes, me and him, and we couldn't find it. Yeah. So we only came back to the cabin with one that day, mm-hmm. although we shot two. Which is a little unfortunate, but yeah, it's the way the cookie cookie crumbles sometimes. Well, I didn't do anything outdoor related this week, but I did make pheasant enchiladas. Are they good? They were delicious. I also Sounds had two good. does come into my stand mm-hmm. on that property, but I can't shoot does. Mm. Hung out with them for about an hour and a half watching them. Yeah. It's nice. Nice. Pheasant enchiladas were good. Nice. Yeah, yeah, they were solid. Yeah, yeah, and I broiled the meat, make make it shredded. Yeah, I broiled it with like onions and uh, carrots and uh, some other like spices and stuff. Mm-hmm. Made the meat taste great, and then uh, rolled them in tortillas, enchilada sauce, cheese, onions, baked them in the oven. Solid, very nice. good. That sounds really good. Yeah, yeah, they were really good. I have some ideas for improvement. For the next go round, yeah. But uh, for a first go round, they were pretty solid. Awesome. I haven't seen the sun in about sixteen days, so <laughs> Will's uh, works sixteen days straight <laughs> between school and work. Yeah, so fishing the drama Lupe tomorrow. So get out there and actually do some. Yeah. Are you just going after holdovers, Will? Uh, yeah. Stri- something like that. Stripers. Yeah. I heard they uh, they or stocked bass. peacock bass. So. Go I heard those. that rumor too. <laughs> I heard that rumor too. It's uh, it's not supposed to hit eighty tomorrow. I don't think so. Yeah, it's like yeah. the high is like seventy nine. I think. Yeah, so that'll be good. Get out there, yeah. Search for some holdovers. Fight the crowds. Fight the crowds. Mm-hmm. Fight the hot spot. Com- combat fishing. Combat fishing on the drama Lupe. Oh, look, a cold front's coming in on Sunday. That's exciting. That'll be good. Let me uh, read. Uh, let's see. We got another wood tip pickle chip email. Oh, yeah. All wood tip. I haven't read this one either, so we'll see if it's appropriate. Austin Things is what this one's titled. Shout out to you, Ian. Sitting here listening to the soft mode of my pump jacks got me thinking about Austin Things. I'm not quite sure what that means, okay? But something tells me my lady friend won't be into it. You boys must have hunted Texas too much. Sounds like maybe a couple of you fellas are from here, but I'm not sure. I can always tell when that Georgia boy is talking. <laughs> These podcasts or apps need subtitles. I mean, what the heck is he saying sometimes? Hey, Georgia, <laughs> you got any connections to some of that North Georgia hooch? I believe you call it Mountain Dew Ops. <laughs> in Texas, the difference in shot shell length is pellets and powders. I mean, there ain't much more to speak about you know what i'm saying okay i'm just gonna say this once all right benchmade is for fancy boys that wear flat brim hats but they can't reach the top of a tractor tire best knife uh, i've ever had okay i got from a guy in denang in 69 
I mean, good quality ain't hard to find. You boys need to take a look at the knives in the case at Texaco. There's some quality there that you're missing. <laughs> <laughs> from pup, from pup Jack number three zero zero six dash D, signed Wood Tip. No man, I like that one. <laughs> Thanks, Wood Tip. Keep sending us your emails. I do have connections to some of that North Georgia Mountain Douche ops. Mountain Dew Ops. Mountain Dew Ops. A.K.A. Moonshine. Moonshine. All right. Maybe we can do a moonshine tasting on the podcast. I have to go back there and actually talk to people who I don't want to. Mm-hmm. You have to bring on licensed liquor across state lines. Yeah, tomato, tomato. <laughs> <laughs> All right, questions. Snake boots or hiking boots? Hiking boots because I don't own a pair of snake boots. Depends. What are you doing? Cliff and his it you, depends. You backpacking or going bird hunting? Fair point, Will. If I'm backpacking 27 miles, I ain't wearing snake boots. Fair point, Will. That's why it depends. What am I doing? <laughs> if I only own one, it's going to be the hiking boots. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. yeah. 100%. Yep. You should buy hiking boots before you buy snake boots. Yes. yes. And then pair it with some thick-ass gators. Now, I will say, when we did that chucker deal, Cliff, we were doing a lot of walking. I wore Following snake some boots. Dogs. You wore snake boots. Do you Those wish you did had? not look fun to walk in as much as we did. Uh, there were the Ariat snake boots. Oh, Ariats. <clears throat> They're so much better than Chippewas, honestly. Good. But was it yeah. fun? Yeah, I didn't have a problem with them. Ariat knows how to make a boot. Mm. They were comfortable. It's a good footbed. It's yeah. like wearing your everyday Ariats mm-hmm. into the field. Just They weren't super high. heavy. They are heavy, but it wasn't, like, horrible. Mm-hmm. I mean, by the end of the day, my feet were tired. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. You're not hiking a mountain. Right. With a 60-pound pack on your back. Correct. True. But right. like, Hiking boot. If I'm, I'm taking hiking boots. I'm going hiking boots. Yep. I don't even know if I'll ever buy snake boots. Like mm-hmm. I said, uh, they, they, they serve a purpose. They serve their purpose. Yeah, but, like, I just don't know how often I'd ever use them. You know? It's not well, worth all it takes is but, one snake bite. That's true. <laughs> That's true. I mean, we have this conversation and, and I go out and to my ranch and get bit by a rattlesnake. But let me, let me tell you. Growing up on my ranch, I've never worn snake boots and never gotten bit let by me, a rattlesnake. Let me change your mind here. Let me, uh, let me tell you how much a vial of antivenom costs. Okay. $10,000. Damn. Let me tell you how much a pair of snake right. boots so costs. About two. Is that the hospital bill rate or is that the negotiated rate with your no, insurance? That's what you pay. That that's is what? That, sorry. Actually, let me take it back. That is what the hospital pays for that. Your initial dose when you get in is eight vials. No matter what, you get bit, you get eight vials. That, At $10,000 a pop? A snake bite's going to run you about $150,000 easily. I'm going to die. Is that? Are you serious? I'm dead serious. Don't it get doesn't bit. Matter on the, the doesn't matter the snake. Dude, I had so no it does, idea it was that much. It does matter much. the snake. So here in South Texas, we have rattlesnakes, copperheads. Copper uh, water moccasins. I mean, the, the price doesn't matter what the snake is, but the vial that you receive Correct. definitely it is. Matter. So the anti-venom we carry at the place I work um, covers all those pit vipers who we have down here in South Texas. So you get bit by one of those, you're getting automatically six vials. But does not... Sorry, six vials. But it does not include, what, coral snakes? Coral snakes, it, it it's a separate thing. So here's the thing with coral snakes. But it's hard to get bit by them. It is very, almost impossible to get bit by because a Because their venom injectors are like in the back of their mouth. Not only that, they have tiny teeth. They have to grab a hold of really thin skin and gnaw, 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 Yeah, because it's like in that back. They have it's, to like finally get it. It's not like any of the others. This rattlesnake, yeah. one, one strike, boom, you're done. 
you have to be passed out and let a coral snake gnaw Chew on your you. earlobe before you could get any venom <laughs> from a coral snake. They're not gonna. They're I mean, not gonna that hurt sounds. You. What about romantic. like snake collectors and Santa? You know, you read the news like, oh, they, like they, twice a year, some dude will get bit by like some like Australian yeah. snake or something. Yep. I've uh, not saying where I work or anything, but we've seen black mamba bites. We've seen. Oh really? Do y'all have the viper venom? pit viper bites? Like, you have the anti venom for those? No, this. Um, we were able to get it. I'm gonna okay. say that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We were able to get it. Hey, so for those listeners per- across the pond, America's <laughs> yeah. Healthcare for you. <laughs> uh, don't get bit. Take all the precautions you can to avoid getting bit. And your so maybe the answer is two hundred dollars on your pair of snake boots is going to be worth it. That's if it's true. Avoid so the way bit. I do it is I own both. Yep. Mm-hmm. But if I if I was looking at one pair of boots, one pair of boots only, I would do hiking boots with a thick gaiter. Yeah, can you they buy like shin guards buy, that are kind of like they, strap they, on? They do have those, yeah. and those would work with your hiking boots as well. Yeah, because I mean, like, I imagine if a snake bites you, he's not really going to bite your foot. He's probably going to bite your like your. But calf. yeah, it's normally in your calf area, but it is they're not as comfortable because mm. it's literally just like a sheet of rolled plastic that goes around your calf yeah. up to your knee. And I don't like them because I tried them on. I thought about that before buying snake boots. I think for me, it's just the most, most of the time when I would, like if I'm in areas that have snakes, it's during the winter and they're in their dens. Snake, and, snakes are still out right now. Right now they are. Yeah. So I guess like when we were at Landon's place a couple weeks ago. Well, we've been to Landon's place. We've been out dove hunting. We've been places where there's snakes. Yeah. But I guess like the dove hunting, like those, those fields out there, I'm not really worried out there. You know what I mean? Like, cause like we're not like chomping through anything. We're not hiking through. Well, we hiked through saying, that one area. Yeah. Think of, think it, could of be, a, it could be there, but I guess I'm going to play my odds on that situation. So the way I think about it is snake boot is insurance. It is. Yeah. For sure, and that's the way I think about it. Do Could I find them tens of thousands? Of do I find them honestly that comfortable? The Ariots are more to me more comfortable than just the Chippewas. Yeah, but no, I would much rather be in my hikers. Yeah. They are, those are way more comfortable to me. A, they're more broken in, but B, they're just they're lower, so I I can breathe more. There's more breathability there. They are more comfortable. But if I'm in an area where I know rattlesnakes are more prolific or I'm more likely to run into something like that, like walking through brushy country you might. or tall grasses, I'm going to go with the snake boot over the hiker. Yeah. Now, if I'm walking and backpacking more, then I'm going to go with my hiker. <clears throat> Next question. What everyone wanting for christmas i'm not buying y'all anything just asking <laughs> Who is this? this is gabe <laughs> gabe i want another bottle of what we we're yeah, just drinking i want a <laughs> bottle of that midsummer's dream night, night drum yeah. yeah that was good Dream. Do you guys have any big christmas christmas wishes um like things we will probably get or things that we just want what do you want yeah, yeah. They what got holes want? in my underwear, so I hope a new pack of underwear. <laughs> <laughs> Ex officios, don't come yeah. that cheap. Um, I think Christmas is a great time. Like if you know people buy you gifts or something, it's a great time to ask for things you'd never buy for yourself. Yeah, yeah. socks and underwear. Socks and underwear. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe a piece of Sitka camo. <laughs> no, I did that last year. Uh, no, what I asked for this year was I, I want some game cams. 
and nice. they're okay. they're not something that like I'd necessarily buy myself because I don't have like a stationary spot yeah. necessarily. There's um, a lot of squirrels running around here. <laughs> yeah, the, the, my ne- <laughs> neighbors already think I'm a redneck with that gamble hanging up. <laughs> me I, was that. I was like, I wonder what people think. <laughs> me cleaning shotguns in the middle of the garage. <laughs> um, but so game cameras aren't something that's like been super on, high on my list to buy myself. I do see like the importance and the fact that I want them. Mm-hmm. So when people have been asking like parents and stuff, I've just been saying game cams. Yeah. Yeah. Will, what do you want for Christmas? Uh, Howler Brothers website. Howler Brothers, Brothers website. website. My mom too. They asked me what do you want. I said, Dan, just pick anything out from here. That's <laughs> true. I said to my mom too. Howler yeah. Brothers stuff. Just yeah. Easy. Yeah, you know, yeah. give me a shirt or two from yeah. there. We're, kind of we're expensive, good. not really going to spend the money yourself. Right, like yeah, yeah exactly. Like if I get, <clears throat> you know, back when I was in sales, I was like, if I got a good paycheck, I'd be like, okay, yeah, I'll get a Howard Brothers shirt. But yeah. now it's now since it's steady, it's just like, <laughs> yeah, I was asked for it for Christmas. I mean, there's not a whole. I mean, the things I quote unquote want. I mean, it's like things that I'm not going to get for Christmas. So there's not really a whole lot. Yeah, that's going to come particularly me, uh, want like AR10 or <laughs> yeah. you know, I'm more looking forward to being in Colorado, being with my family, yeah. Yeah. seeing the snow, like, you know, that kind of stuff. That's yeah. what Christmas is about for me kind of. That's a that's a good answer, but that's not what he asked. I know. Get you, <laughs> yeah, get you all, <laughs> you a loom underwear. I'm going to get you all Texaco knives. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be great. And what do you want? Maybe some camo or something. Yeah. I don't really know. <clears throat> I want a 6.5 Creedmoor yeah. rifle, but no one's going to get that for me. Probably not. Yeah. So. I don't know. Oh, we got a, my dad let me borrow his um, 30 out 6. That's cool. Nice. Yeah. It's like the Encore. So that's cool. You got a. So Howler Brothers for you, Zach? Yeah, I said to my mom I wanted. Yeah. yeah she was like, well, you know, if I get you like a shirt or something. I was like, yeah, Howler Bros. It's cool. Easy. It's all good. What'd you ask for for Christmas? Dude, I kind of want a trauma chair because I feel left yeah. out of the club. Look, I'm sitting one. here around three dudes sitting in trauma chairs and I don't have one. I, and you're on a, you block. Know, you're on a phone block. I'm on a phone. Yeah, I'm on a phone block. But it's more comfortable chair, than but. the Yeti bucket. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, still, the bucket gets, is, gets old after a bit. That is, that yeah, is yeah, a great stand idea, up every Ian. 30 minutes. I think yeah. I'm going to write that down to make sure I get a trauma chair. Oh, you don't have one, Will? I swore you had a trauma chair. No. I thought I was. No. Not yet. I, I really want a like career. a weather. My dad got me my trauma chair last year for Christmas. And nice. you have a trauma uh, cup holder too, I don't do. you? Yeah. You on. know what? I'm gonna tell somebody like as a stocking stuffer, that's what I want. The trauma cup the holder. Trauma chair. chair. <laughs> 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 yeah, Hang it above the fireplace, stick it in the stocking. <laughs> they released trauma a new one, I think, today. A new trauma chair? Yeah, but it's like like a fancier Oh. No, this is already fancy enough. Yeah, I can't. Yeah, so buying their fancier trauma like the, the five hundred dollar Yeti lawn chair. They called this one the Pursuit now, and then they released literally yesterday. They released Ooh. one called the Vaquero. Let me see a picture. This one has something. It's like Christmas. it's like more of like a camper chair. Oh, uh, that's kind of cool. It's cool. Oh, okay. But it it's is cheaper. It that's is a better price point. But it is definitely like a camp chair over. Yeah. Like a, a like utility, a yeah. yeah. Probably won't buy it because I got this trauma chair, but it's a cool chair. Yeah, and uh, you know, it still does not, still does not have, <laughs> uh, it still I does not. Still stuff. I wouldn't mind have, having the cup holder, though. Yeah. Like in all honesty. Mm-hmm. Now, how sturdy is the cup holder? It's pretty sturdy. If I got two, could they be like makeshift uh, armrests? Mm, no. no. Could you stand on them? No. No. Okay. Definitely no. not. Right. Definitely not. That's a that's a fun question to think about, though. Um. 
Your favorite fishing location for Texas Parks and Wildlife winter trout stocking other than the Guad. So we got a hot spot here? Mm-hmm. Texas Parks and Wildlife? <laughs> you know what's funny? Corey, shout out Corey. He also made a hot spot comment, but I'm going to wait till we actually okay. get to right, our right. main topic. Yeah. Um, other I'm than a, the Guad? Other than the Guad. My favorite Blanco. is the Lano Dude. and Castell. Blanco State Park. Dang it, Landon. Blanco State Park <laughs> Yeah, that was mine. <laughs> I like uh, Scott at Old Park right here because I really like standing shoulder to shoulder with a whole bunch of people throwing <laughs> yeah. out corn. Pretend you're like you're in Alaska battle fishing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it's a super Mace. tiny little pond, and it's just it's, it's just fun. Trout. Exactly, it's yeah. fun. Everybody looks at you because you're fly fishing, and I'm like, this is great, guys. Uh, Let's do this next week. Mason. Did I hook you in the ear? I'm sorry. Out <laughs> <laughs> there whipping it back and forth. They're just looking at me like I'm crazy. Side cast, yeah. Yeah. hooking everybody around. <laughs> the Lando out in Mason. I've never fished there, but I've heard it's good too. Yeah, and I mean. I mean, we are talking about hot spotting, and I just yeah, listed some yeah. places. But at the same time, all of this whole list can be found at Texas Parks and Wildlife <laughs> website. Right. So this information is free already. So Even Scott O'Park. Yeah. Or Scott O'Pond. You, pond, you, you guys can there. figure it out from there. And what's there's a pond on the uh, west side of San Antonio. Where's is Miller? It, it might be Miller. Is it Miller? Miller. Uh, is it Miller? I thought Miller was south side. It might, it's, like, it's like southwest. I think that's south Miller. Side. There you go. <laughs> Thanks, Cliff. Thanks, Cliff. Uh, yeah, Southwest, and it's like, but uh, people are always. Uh, it's packed. Yeah, but, I mean, and people are always, are always uh, carping or catfishing there too. Yeah, they just throw out their big guys and just let them chill. Yeah. Cool. Well, that's all the questions I have. I'll get to Corey's other comment later. Cool. Well, um, it's right at almost thirty minutes, so we're so let's rock into our uh, stories. Ian, do you want to start? Uh, wait, what stories? Your neat, your, your, your neat things in nature. I want oh, to know something pretty okay, neat. Okay, cool. Yeah, no, I got you. Um, yeah, that's pretty also neat. don't okay. forget about Ian's words of wisdom. Oh dang it! <laughs> it could be um, something. Just you have an hour. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, a little under. An okay, hour. Like 50, I don't know if you guys minutes. saw this. This is from sportingnews.com. It was posted on the 3rd of this month by someone named S.J. Lynn. Humpback whale nearly swallows two kayakers before spitting them out. I saw that video. Did you guys see this? It happened in California off the coast. or Yeah, it was in Avila Beach, California. Uh, These two ladies... Uh, we're kayaking and there's amateur footage, which is probably an iPhone video. <laughs> and basically it's just like this peaceful, you know, like serene kind of just people paddling and this whale like erupts and it, I don't know if they confirmed it, but it looked like they swallowed like part of the kayak and like spit them back out like yeah. Jonah style, like go to Nineveh. no, Okay, whale comes up. Um, so somebody named, uh, okay, hold on. There's Julie McSworley said, so she's one of the people, I still have an adrenaline rush. Um, she said the whale was in my face. Or her friend, Cotriel, who was with her, uh, Liz Cotriel, said the whale was in my face literally who recounted having the instinct to push the whale out of the way. Okay, first question. How are you going to push a whale out of the way? Well, <laughs> like, in, in her defense, I don't like pushing the whale out of your way and pushing your way, aw- you're pushing off the whale and it pushes your body away. 
Like I could see that same mentality in a time of crisis. Yeah. It, uh, this isn't a really lengthy article, but I'll send you guys the video. But yeah, basically this huge humpback whale just comes up and it looks like it just chews the kayak. Yeah. Um, they are lucky to be alive. Pretty cool. Yeah, man. Uh, those things are big. Yeah. So. And they, they eat krill. So it's like, not like it was targeted. I think it was like coming up and, I mean, when I, first, a- when I first saw the video, I, I literally thought she got eaten. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was like, I had to, like, go further research. Is she alive? Yeah. You can kind of see, if you, like, look really close, how she, like, rolls off the side. Yeah. yeah. Oh, see, I didn't but see her. Like, apparently, she's got eaten. Yeah. She's gone. That's a- it. Apparently, like, a large bait ball came up. So, a bunch of probably small... Uh, you know, I don't know if it's krill or little fish or what came yeah. up like around the kayak, and the and the humpback whale was just like, "I'm going for it." <laughs> Here we go. So, but the yeah. video is pretty cool. It's so. crazy. Yeah, that is crazy, crazy. All right, C four. Thanks, Ian. No problem. We doing stories? Yeah, that's what the Clips, explosions were. Cool conservation corner more c4 <laughs> oh, <your itches. laughs> all right so mine i'm gonna break a little bit of a rule why it does get a little political okay but hunting and fishing political okay that's fine okay so has anyone at this table yes or okay. I'm joining in. Yeah. Has, has anyone at this table ever been called out for hunting? Like, been called out by, like, an anti-hunter or fisher saying, like, you're a bad person because X, Y, Z. Like, wild hunting yeah. or no, like wild on, hunting? On social or media. Yeah. Or whatever. Uh, uh, who? I've been told. I've been told in person that ethical people don't hunt. And, um, yeah. Have you, Zach? Somebody told me once that the fact that I catch and release was a big deal. And, like, if I was going to go ahead and torture the fish, I might as well kill it. So, okay. all so the other so, end of this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who told No, no, we're not going to put anybody on blast. But was this, like, someone you know pretty well or just someone on Instagram? No, somebody I know. I knew pretty well my old job. Uh, but. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. I have Did heard that argument before, this though. Like, <laughs> yeah, I, okay, okay, I have okay, heard right. that argument, though. Um, yeah, I mean it's not an unusual argument, but I was just like, okay. Did did you let them know about the stalkers that have holes in their back from like the completely that are right. completely Gashed fine? <laughs> so, I too have been called out before who, saying that I was who, a but bad person for yeah. it and all this other stuff. What happened? Uh, well, it was a female on a social media, okay, and I explained I was like, well. In the comment section or private message? What, what, His what, private yeah. message. Was this a this picture, was picture like, you posted of like you hunting like yeah, birds? That's, that's how a that's deer, how it came about. Hog. Um, and she said, she said something along the lines of, "I don't agree with hunting." Da 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 da. And then I said, "Well, it's a great way to like sorcerer meat." And I said, "I try and eat most most of the meat I eat. I try and kill. Like right. that's." what I'm trying to do and yeah and I said how do you not get your meat from H-E-B or do you not eat McDonald's or anything like that Uh and she said well actually I'm 
I'm a vegan and went all into like, this oh, other stuff. I mean, to be, but to be honest, though, she murders res- vegetables. But I will respect somebody's opinion if they truly are a vegan on this. I think they're wrong. Over somebody who eats meat every single oh, 100%. day, one hundred percent. At least like they have. On, at least they have you know their I mean? convictions and they know the other side of it. Exactly. A little bit they too. are st- exactly. They are sticking to what they believe versus somebody who's like, no, I, that's awful that you hunt, but I'm going to go to you know McDonald's and get, grab whatever. You right. Know. So. Uh, I started kind of thinking about that the other day, and that happened a year or so ago. Mm-hmm. Um, but I started thinking about it, and then thinking about like the election and all that, and uh, that's where I kind of came up with this story and article. And it's kind of self-written with a bunch of like uh, snippets from both SCI and uh, PETA organization. Uh-huh. What's SCI? Uh, Safari Club International. Okay. So a pro hunting group. Right. Um, but I'm starting out the article of, with what I just asked is, have you ever been called out for hunting? And I said, you know, by those bleeding heart advocates who choose to think that meat just comes from the store or choose not to use any animal products because it's quote unquote unfair. Uh, have you ever had someone question why you would hunt or fish uh, when the food is cheaper to go to HEB and get a pack of steaks? Um, PETA says, although it was crucial for part of human for a part of humanity several hundred thousands of years ago, hunting is now nothing more than a violent form of recreation that the vast majority of hunters do not need for substance. Substance. Hunting has contributed to the extinction of animal species all over the world. <clears throat> Less than 5% of the U.S. population, 13.7 million people, hunts. Yet, hunting is permitted in many wildlife refuges, uh, national forests, and state parks, and other public lands. Almost 40% of hunters slaughter and maim animal millions of animals on public land every year and by some estimates poachers kill just as many animals illegally now that all comes from PETA's website okay so that's their stance on it and I say no matter what they say it doesn't friggin matter okay why it's my constitutional right yeah um in the 2020 election, Utah passed an amendment. To, uh... How do you explain the unexplainable? That warmth that fills you up from the inside out? Does it come from the air, the sea, the sun, the people? Or is it something that can't be put into words? Because Aruba is more than a beautiful island, it's a feeling that brings out a happier, sunnier you. That's the Aruba Effect. Plan your next visit at aruba.com. This episode is brought to you by the NHL on TNT. When it comes to hockey, the Stanley Cup playoffs are built different. Experience the intensity and insanity on the ice and off it. From now through June on TNT and TBS. Get ready for seven game rounds of knockdowns, dragouts, pressure, and agony as teams go head-to-head without ever letting up. The Stanley Cup playoffs are known for more than just a few cracked ribs and black eyes. 
Pushing through the pain is the name of the game. With so much edge-of-your-seat action, you'll refuse to shave or change your jersey. Don't say we didn't warn you. Ready to feel the rush? Watch the Stanley Cup playoffs now on TNT and TBS. In the 2020 election, Utah passed an amendment uh, to their constitution that protects its citizens' right to hunt and fish. It also makes hunting and fishing the preferred means of managing and controlling wildlife in Utah, according to the Joint House Re- Resolution 15. Utah is just the newest state to join the club of making hunting and fishing a constitutional right. 21 other states uh, have placed their rights or have placed the rights in their constitutions dating back to 1777 when Vermont was the first one to pass it. Okay. So there's 21 states, now 22, with the addition of Utah. Utah. Text- pro- essentially protects hunting and fishing for its residents. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you can't harass them for it. You can't. It's their right to do it. The state can't take it away. Right. And Texas is one of those, right? You can't harass yes. people. Uh, Texas actually passed. It was later than I thought it would be, mm-hmm. but it wasn't like super late. It wasn't like 2000s, I don't think. Okay. I don't remember off the top of my head. Georgia, Mississippi, Tennessee, uh, Vermont. Like the ones you would Dr. think. Yeah, it's normally yeah. the ones that you think. But a lot of other states have, like, systems in place, but it's not in, like, their constitutions. Like it's, not, it's like yeah. a statement or whatever gotcha. that give them the right. Like, even California has... Has something that gives right. hunters and fishers some sort of protection. Right, but, but it's... With California, it did say that it was mainly fishers. Gotcha. Um... Now, this is according to, this next section is according to SCI. Sportsmen and women of many states are seeing an increased increment or encroachments on their hunting rights and are turning to state constitutions to ensure their outdoor heritage will continue for future generations. Increased urbanization, decreased habitat, and more restrictions on hunting are common factors in the pursuit to proclaim the the right to hunt and fish is a state constitution closure of lands that have been historically open for sportsmen and women, increased development of farmland and forest to pers- and pressure from non-hunters have decreased available lands and opportunities for sportsmen and women to harvest game and fish. Well-organized anti-hunting groups are attacking America's outdoor heritage and state legislators Limitations and methods, seasons, and bag limits are certain of, for certain game species have provoked many hunter advocacy groups, including Safari Club International, to increase lobbying and guarantee hunting and fishing as a right. Current constitutional rights to hunt and fish states uh, are 21 states, and this is, of course, it was this was written before Utah passed it because that was only last week. Okay. But 21 states to the Constitution, now 22, uh, state constitutions, the right to hunt and fish, the 17 of those provisions appro- approved by voters, while Vermont's language dates back to 1777. The rest of these constitutional provisions in Alabama, Arkansas, Georgia, Idaho, Indiana, Kansas, Kentucky, Louisiana, Mississippi, Minnesota, Montana, Nebraska, North Dakota, Oklahoma, South Carolina, Tennessee, Texas, Virginia, Wisconsin, and Wyoming uh, have passed since 1996. Okay. 
Um, California and Rhode Island have language in their uh, respective constitutions guaranteeing the right to fish but not hunt. Advocates also considered Alaska's constitutional language wherever occurring in their natural state fish, wildlife, and waters are reserved for the people or reserved to the people for common use as meaning meeting the test because it's a strong case law history. As meeting the test because of its strong case law. Oh, um, case law and history. So, I mean, that's pretty cool that they're actually offering protection, and, mo- and not most, but a lot of states are offer something. Yeah, 22 of 50, so a little under half. Yeah, mm-hmm. and you can include what you said, Rhode Island and California. So they have, they have language. They yeah. were using those as, like, examples of other states that have language in it that support the right, but it's but not, not a dedicated amendment. Yeah into their constitution yeah it, so stars in the sky we all watched a documentary yes mm-hmm. i mean great documentary amazing and that, that that will always i feel like be there's tension always there and i think it really comes down to an education people just all they see is people posting pictures with you just killed an animal they have no idea that hey this was a game management thing on a ranch. It was for the best, uh, you know, they have no idea that this ranch was overpopulated and they needed to take this many deer off. Well, they don't see it like that. Well, they don't don't care to see it like that. All they care about is the fact that you killed this living creature and you're a horrible person for killing this living creature. That's all they see. They don't understand that this is actually for the betterment of the rest of these the, hundreds the and herd. hundreds of thousands of deer that are living here. Well, we talked. And there's, the, and, and they don't. They don't see that. We they talked about the urban bowmen, where there's, you know, 400 deer per square mile that's overpopulated by about 380 yeah. deer yeah. per square mile. It, and it, and honestly, if you want to get that down to the correct amount, animals are going to have to be killed. And I'd rather it go to hunters who are going to use the meat than the state manage it. And, well, and that's Peter, a whole other deal. Is, I said this a couple weeks ago, but I don't think it went through. It was an article um, that uh, was from, from an outdoor magazine that was talking about how its its whole point was it's time to let, like, instead of really focusing on growing, like, the deer population. We need to focus on growing the predator population, and hunters get what's left over. Not hunters hunters (laughs) manage it, but hunters still can hunt, but not to the point where we have this overabundant deer population. But look at at Montana, look at Idaho, or 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 even Colorado, which just passed, like, like to protect... Yes, it protects wolves. The people in Denver and Boulder who don't have to deal with them passed a on there in the last election to where that the d- wolves are being protected and now all of the other well, parts of Colorado pr- have protecting to protecting them is one thing introducing them is another so you look at the states that have reintroduced wolves and they it's gone completely awry and now they're completely o- the opposite end and they're actually paying people to go to shoot, shoot these wolves yeah. Yeah. a and wolf tag in montana is 50 dollars. yeah so montana idaho are great examples okay. they reintroduce these wolves and now 
they've run amok. They've destroyed the elk population. There's no elk, and now they're actually paying people to go kill these wolves that they reintroduced. But on yeah. PETA's website, they are arguing for what you were just right. saying, Zach, of where, oh, we should, the hunters aren't really doing an effective job at it right. at all, and that Mother Nature will take care of itself, and that predators will take care of these. Yeah. Well, if Mother so, Nature so is going to take care of thing, itself, don't it And this is just plain devil's advocate, but this the article wasn't saying that hunters shouldn't be a thing. They were just saying that their argument was with hunters only being a, such a small percentage of Americans, the outdoor industry shouldn't cater to them like they do. Well, okay. But hunters... Time out, time out, time out. I have two, two counter-arguments to huh? that. Yeah, yeah. The first counter-argument is that uh, hunters are a huge percentage of the money that comes into wildlife management. Yeah, through the Pittman-Robertson Act. Well, so, everything. But even then, you could argue that it's not necessarily hunters. It is... Um, it is no backpackers like, are but the taxes not, on backpacks not, not backpack, are coming not through backpackers. when I buy a six five cream they're not coming through not, when I buy my tree stand. Not backpackers. Uh range guys. The guys who go and shoot hundreds of dollars at the range every week. Those are the guys who are really funding it. Hunt like realistically, I don't buy that much hunting. Yeah, there's way more range guys than like, there are hunters. I don't so I like I'm, and trust me, I am 100% playing devil's advocate right now, right? Just kind yeah. of giving you what the article I read, kind of like with the PETA one, right? Um, but like I can see their point that like hunters as a group don't necessarily put in the largest chunk, right, into the outdoor industry. So the outdoor industry shouldn't necessarily cater directly to that. It's guns and I ammo. Feel like, I mean, you have a. You, I feel like though that a. The heavy gun guys, mm-hmm. the ones going to the range, they already signed up on it when they came in. And they don't, they're not the ones saying that the outdoor industry and hunters shouldn't be around. For sure. I think that there's a huge overlap there. Oh, yeah. In all actuality. Yeah. A lot like of people, most hunters I know go to the range to just shoot and blow off steam. I, I know a lot. I know range guys that just tournament shoot. Yeah. They yeah. spend way more money. Then all of us combined on hunting gear, yeah. on shooting at the range yeah. and shooting in tournaments and buying guns. Yeah, I think there's a lot more people that shoot and they buy a handgun because they want to, you know, carry but, and they buy ammo. Yeah. And I think that's a much to. I really think that's a much bigger chunk of the change than hunters. On the flip side of the, another thing to think about the argument is not everyone can hunt. So although they're saying that only. Five percent of the population hunts. We can't have ten percent of the population hunting because it—that's another argument I've heard is that we need to get more people into hunting. Well, if everyone wants to hunt, there's not the animals. I wonder, resource to hunt. I plus, wonder what the number think would about be it, that if we they would wanted be. to take away like the the Pittman Robinson of like just general gun sales aren't mm-hmm. going to fund outdoors. Then who is that really serving? Because the anti-hunting advocates, they still want like all the money to go fund outdoors and oh, yeah. conservation and stuff. That's what these dollars are going to. Yeah, like you said, a backpack every seven or eight years isn't going to fund. Well, them. right now it's not funded at all, and they yeah. they have placed like there have been introductions to lawmakers and stuff to say. To like REI and all these other places. Well, well backpacks. Didn't, didn't, I think Texas did pass that last two years ago. Did they pass that? Yeah. The, uh, I don't. 
I'm pretty sure though that on the ballot a couple of years ago was that uh, sports and recreation equipment would go towards uh, outdoor rec. Well, well, they're they're utilizing they did, right? public, that was yeah. recent, yeah. right? That was recent. Right. Well, they're that, utilizing yeah. like public lands, which is where a lot of this is going to. Yeah, for sure. All. 50 square miles of public lands in Texas. <laughs> well, no, you think, you think like uh, Guadalupe Dude, State well, Park. Dude, five that's square miles. Sorry, I, I created myself five, five square miles. Yeah. You, you, you got to carry, you got to carry the, uh, the decimal. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Uh, you, you talk about like, there's, there's a lot more when you start thinking about like Big Ben National, you, uh, no, Guadalupe no, State Park. Correct. And they yeah. do those open are all, those are all still public lands. They're not they huntable pro- public lands. Well, for short periods of time, they're starting to open them up for hunts to where they are. Well, I'm not even, I'm not even, I'm talking about like not even as a hunting aspect. Just public but land. Like, okay, I got gotcha. you. Just funding Correct. and conserving these other lands that they're not private back, lands back, public that lands, backpackers yeah. do use. Yeah. Why are they not paying into it? But then we get shouted down because we're hunting these other areas that they're not in. Yeah, and saying that, well, I don't use it, so why am I paying into it? Uh, but same time, the state deal. the state's doing a good job of. I mean, just recently, Enchanted Rock got shut down for two weeks for. They're the hunts. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it is. It they do is John game. hunts. I think there are a lot of kids hunts at the state parks. Yeah, it's it, it goes. It's it's game management. It's managed properly and great by the state, but mm-hmm. it gets a bad rap because it's. Hunting. You're shaking my head. You're shaking your head at me for a comment I made earlier. What was it? The five percent. Yeah. Didn't someone say We're, someone in the conversation said five percent? For what? Um, so I mean, we're going to guess three hundred and fifty thousand. I mean, fifty million Americans. I mean, what 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 are we at in America right now? Yeah, about, about three seventy-five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is way more than five percent. I guarantee you, there's more than five percent of that in Texas that hunt. Well, mm. I really don't think. I think there's only like. I really think there's only like fifteen million hunters. I think it literally is right around five percent. So PETA was the one who said less well, than five percent. Okay, yeah, of course. No, no but lit- I literally think hunters now fishing totally different. But hunters in America, I really do believe it's around four to five percent, and it's aging out. That number is dropping. I do think that is it is aging out, but I also think with the introduction of shows like Meat Eater oh, for sure. or all this other There's stuff, a big there resurgence. has been a big there resurgence. I, w- I will be interested to know what, how the numbers change over the next couple of years, but it's still really low. That is, okay, just go- but random also, Google search, 12 million. Yeah, so even less than that, right? So, um, But also you have to think about we're in Texas where everybody we know – yeah, so like I will Texas say, I will say whole, that we are more saturated than other areas. We probably have like 20 to – I would say Texas probably has 20 Holds a large majority percent. of that. <laughs> then you think yeah. about the population of Montana and how big that state is. That's like true. They yeah. probably have a large population of hunters, but it's probably like not that many as a number. Right. Yeah, when you only have two people in the damn state. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's, that's you think about South Dakota and you think about – Again, you know, one person in the state. <laughs> I guess that's just uh, – I mean, representative I mean, growing up in Texas, it seems know. like everybody's hunters. I mean, it just kind of there's a lot of because with our society, a lot of interesting. Here. That's a really interesting conversation. I think to have. Yeah. I think the the takeaway is that more states are getting on board of protecting the hunting and fishing lifestyle as a right and your right to pursue it. Now, with that right, does come responsibilities to a portray hunters and fishers in a positive light don't go and this is what i like about a lot of these new meme pages that have been coming up 
where they're calling out hunters who are doing the BSE bogus things for likes, but then it shows a negative light of hunters Mm -hmm. to the rest of the world who does not hunt. Like a man coming up just drinking the goose's blood out of its neck, Uh like trying to look like it's a savage, he's a savage, shouldn't happen. The girl literally with her head face buried between an elk's crotch looking like she's pleasuring it. <laughs> Wait, oh, what? Yes, it was, it, it was yeah. a legit post. Should not happen. Yeah. yeah. The, the um, bloodlust, the nastiness that comes along with it, hunters and fishers have to guard themselves on it. Um, this, uh, but this brings up a good point. Do you guys ever self-censor what you post on Instagram? Because I know I do. Yes. I, yes. Now, hunt or fishing? Not really. But when I hunt, I personally, I have chosen not to uh, post anything about... Thanks for um, getting me one, Will. <laughs> I, have, I personally have chosen not to post anything that has a grip and grin with an animal I've killed. I think that there is a tasteful way for sure to do the grip and grin that you have from yesteryear. Now, if it's absurdly bloody, maybe not do it. But if you're just holding up the deer's head or whatever and smiling above it, I think that that's perfectly okay. Yeah. But to sit there and do these obscene gestures with your kill for the likes is not okay. Yeah. And that paints the negative light. For sure. But I do censor a little bit. Like, I don't want pictures like the ducks that I shot this weekend. I'm not running up with it in my mouth. I'm holding them as I pick them up and had my picture taken. Yeah. I'm not flinging it around like it's a a doll. You're respecting your kill. Right. Well, I think... I think the better pictures are is you laying down in a duck blind with your gun raised and you see ducks in the background. I think the yeah. more interesting content anyway is not to kill. The, the actual it's hunt. the process. And yeah. that's yeah. that's kind of where I lean more towards, right? If I take po- photos now, and stuff. It's, it's uh, much harder to get pictures of the process and have yeah. someone there with a the camera right. and not. Because like, if we're all going to go hunting, who's going to be the guy who wants yeah. to be holding the camera? I still need to get some, some of that I, film developed. I honestly, I feel like a lot of the or most of the bad rap with hunting is the safari hunts. I think that is what puts more of a negative light For on sure. hunting than anything else. It does. It puts a bad and taste in a lot of people's mouth. Yeah. It does. And it's it's you're killing these zoo animals. Right. Why would, why would you want to go and, kill yeah. a giraffe? Why would you want to go kill this leopard or this Elephant. lion? Well, they don't understand that this... That's a whole other co- well, not the game conservation. We're, we're but, but I feel like yeah, yeah, we yeah, can right. do a safari but hunting. We are having correct, a safari correct. hunting. But I episode. think a lot of the bad light and, the, and it ties back into just your everyday uh, whitetail hunting and everything we do down here, and it, it gets tied into that. It's it you, we yeah. get wrapped up in. You're a hunter. We see you killing lions and all these cuddly creatures mm-hmm. or whatever we love, and then it gets a bad rap on it. This is an anthropo- <laughs> anthropomorphication. Of animals, yeah, yeah. and yeah. that really yeah. changes. I will the the goal. I will or the game. I will also say, I I have seen a lot, and I the only reason I bring this up is because last week, um, I saw something um, on social media 
Whereas, like, a story of a guy who got killed by an elephant on, like, a safari hunt, and then the whole comment section was, well, he deserved to die, and, you know, he gets what's coming to it. I think that's, like, on one hand, you're advocating for animals' rights. On the other hand, you're wishing someone dead. Right. And right. I don't think that's appropriate. I don't think either. you have a leg to stand on at that point. So, right. And that kind of frustrates me, too. Like, yeah. Anyway. All right. Cool. You and do Creature Watch? Or you want me to go? Next or you want to go? I'll go. Okay. The story I brought, well, I didn't tell you guys on the podcast last week, but uh, we're going to do On Patrol. On Patrol. Wee, 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 wee. Bad boys, bad boys. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Salt Life co-founder arrested on manslaughter charges, police say. Oh, yeah. And oh, more information has come out. This this is updated as of yesterday. Oh, cool. Um, it is brought to us by CNN. Um, a co-founder of Salt Life, the ocean-centric apparel brand, was arrested and charged. Oh, before I get into this, this is pretty graphic. If you do not want to listen to it, skip forward 10 minutes, and we will be smack dab in the middle of Creature Watch. Maybe not that far. 10 minutes, I'm like, dang. Wait, this is Creature Watch, isn't it? No. (laughs) Some sort of creature. (laughs) All right. Co-founder of Salt Life, the ocean-centric apparel brand, was arrested and charged with manslaughter in connection with the killing of an 18-year-old woman in South Florida, court record show. Michael Troy Hutto, 54, appeared in court via video leak Monday in Palm Beach County where a judge set bond at $255,000. In addition to manslaughter, Hutto is also charged with possession of a weapon during a felony. Hutto was arrested October 30th at Baptist Medical Center South in Jacksonville, Florida and booked into Duval County Jail um, in connection with the killing the Highway Patrol tweeted last week. The parents of 18 year and this is kind of where it gets interesting. The parents of 18-year-old Laura Grace Duncan had called the Columbia County Sheriff's Office on October 26th to request a welfare check on their daughter, the Sheriff's Office said. Her father learned that she was at a Hilton Hotel in Riviera Beach, the arrest affidavit says, and he said Hutto was her boyfriend. Um, Riviera Beach is about 300 miles south of Columbia County. Uh, the police responded... Uh, to the hotel October 29th, so three days later, and found a woman's body with a gunshot wound to the stomach. Uh, the room was rented in Hutto's name, and it said, uh, it said, with his ID, phone, wallet, and belongings still inside. Detectives located Hutto at the hospital in Jacksonville, where he had taken the previous day, where he had been taken the previous day after asking for help at a gas station while shaking and making delusional comments. When detectives spoke to Hutto in a hospital, he told them he thought he hurt Gracie and began to cry. Uh, he said that they had been in the hotel room playing as if they were shooting their fingers and as a gun when he pointed a gun and it went off. He said he left the room and drove until he ran out of gas. Uh, yeah. Dang. He drove until he ran out of gas at the gas station, and then that's when he was taken to the hospital. He straight Man. up killed that girl. Yeah, um, yeah they're, that's, that's just awful, though. Yeah. Hutto was one of four co-founders of Salt Life, formed in 2003 in Jacksonville Beach, Florida. The brand's name was taken from a tattoo on the back of his neck. According to a 2004 in Jacksonville Business Journal, um, Delta Apparel acquired Salt Life in 2013. Now, to be fair, he is no longer... With, associated with the brand Salt Life. I think that's fair to mention. And okay. also, I think it's extremely disrespectful that a lot of articles that I read 
did not mention that he is no longer associated with yeah. the brand. So yeah. they used Salt Life as a headline yeah. to draw attention. And didn't even mention And then did and, not mention that yeah. he's no longer associated with the brand. To be fair, though. No, let me. Every truck that has a Salt Life sticker on it, it there's, right a, there's a permit <laughs> in Belize that was brutally murdered. What? What? For what? every Salt Life sticker oh, on gotcha, the truck. Oh, gotcha, gotcha, okay. There's a, a permit in Belize that was brutally murdered. Take your Salt Life stickers off. <laughs> Sat, uh, uh, salt Life did make a comment. I would like to read. Yeah, well, that's um, Sadly, we have learned one of Salt Life's co-founders has been charged with a felony. Uh, it was a tweet. Salt Life sends the utmost sympathies to the family and friends of the deceased. And that was a tweet. I didn't say, you know, appropriate. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, that kind of frustrates me is like the dishonesty of like not mentioning that he's – because when uh, – So to be not honest, honesty, I, but it is, it is uh, clickbait. It is bad. It's very clickbait and it is it's bad, bad journalism. Yeah. Uh, you know, they're not necessarily being dishonest – in it because the, he technically is a co-founder, right? Mm-hmm. They didn't say, oh, he left his job at Salt Life and that day and went, you know. Yeah. But it is definitely bad for Salt Life's image to not mention it, you know. Correct. But the guy does still have a Salt Life tattoo on the back of his neck. So it's not like it's like, oh, you know, who are yeah. you? Yeah, but just to use the company's name yeah. um, to draw attention and then not men- mention that he's no longer associated with the company is... Uh, Shady. It's, it is, it for is. sure. Um, uh, I also was like curious. Huh? I wonder how much I sold for. Um, I guess it was. I think I said it was in twenty thirteen. Yeah. Um, and uh, they sold for forty million dollars. Okay. So yeah, I feel like that brand's even going bigger now. Yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, that's on it's patrol weird. for this week. It's good though. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that because we know we had talked about last week a little bit. Well, we last week when I had looked it up. First of all, I found the Bambi story, which was hilarious. And oh, I was the like, Bambi, uh, yeah, with the ju- judge. Yeah, ordering him to watch Bambi. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, a lot of not not a lot of information had been out at that point, and I kind of wanted to see how it developed l- further on to the week and get more of the story. Yeah. Because uh, it was a lot of accusations, not really any. No one really knew what happened. She was found dead in the hotel room, and that was kind of that was kind of it. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Well, on that note, let's uh, let's line up the mood a little bit. Creature watch. Creature watch. And I got a good one for us today, boys. All right. We are going to talk about Nessie. Ooh. The Loch Ness right. monster. Ooh, the Ooh. ultimate creature. Right. Uh, to watch. So in Scottish <laughs> Gaelic, <laughs> it is also known as the. Vilipaist Lochnis. I don't know. I was going to say it with an accent because it sounded more, yeah, yeah. more better. Yeah. I mean, that's how I learned it. All right. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, it is a Scottish folklore, right, that there's this creature that inhabits the Loch Ness in Scotland, in this, specifically in the Scottish Highlands. So, who knows? Maybe Nessie is just, you know, a big fish that's drunk on scotch all the time. Oh, yeah. Um, Jealous. <laughs> so a little bit about Loch Ness. All that scotch wastewater. <laughs> in case anybody doesn't know, a loch is a lake in Scotland. Okay. Didn't know that. And it is 755 feet You're kidding me. Deep. You didn't put that two and two together? <laughs> so hey, uh, I, I'm honest about what I don't know. 
Loch Ness is 755 feet deep. It is the second deepest loch in Scotland. Uh, so people obviously say that this creature is very large, right? It has a long neck. And uh, people will say it has two bumps or two humps along its back. Camel right? style. Camel style, right? Uh, you know what you call a camel with three humps? Dead. Pregnant. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay, so um, originally Nessie was brought to worldwide worldwide attention in what do you guys think? What year? Yeah, eighteen eighty-six. Eighty-six. Eighteen eighty-six. Eighteen eighty-six. What do you think? Let's highlight on that. Nineteen twenty. Nineteen twenty. What do you think, Will? I'm gonna say like. 60s or 70s. So recently. Okay. And Ian, you said what? 1887. 1887. Okay, so. You're that guy on Price is Right. So I have a couple different dates. dates, But the first time I was really brought to worldwide attention was in 1933. So, Landon, you're pretty close. I missed Um, the worldwide attention. Well, oh, color, I was color, color, like just Scottish <laughs> attention. Details. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Gotta pay attention in cosplay. <laughs> so all the, most of the evidence is anecdotal, right? Like, oh, my brother said they saw a humped creature in the lock years ago, right? Uh, it also comes from disputed photos and sonar readings, right? A lot of times people get out there on their boats and they say, oh, we found this huge creature, you know. Yeah, they use and the emergence finder. of really good scotch. Exactly. Right? <laughs> it all kind of correlates at the same time. Yeah. Uh, Usually, people say it's hoaxes, right? Or scientists believe this. Or it's like wishful thinking. Or it's like a misidentification. Like, oh, that's a large stick. And it's a largemouth bass. Exactly. And <laughs> uh, Nancy. So, Cliff, though. Cliff, you will, you will uh, be glad to know. The first modern sighting might have been in the 1870s. Oh, Ooh. so was it 1877? <laughs> <laughs> it was by a man. Uh, it does not have his first name, but is D. McKenzie, who claimed to see a creature wiggling and churning just underneath the water's surface. Um, however, he did not decide that he was going to tell anybody until the story was published back in 1933. Mm. So he was like, "Oh man, people are finally talking about Nessie, so I'm going to tell people about my story." But who knows yeah. if we can believe them. Uh, the best known article was from the 2nd of May in 33, where they talked about, uh, it was in the Inverness Courier, about a large beast or, beast or a whale that lived in the lock. People claim that there's something uncan- uncanny about it, right? It's not just like, oh, I see some ripples in the lock, or I see this, or I see that. They're like, people who see it claim to be like, there's something really weird about this shape or the, the movement in the water. That's not normal. Uh, a man named George Spicer claims to have seen a dragon while driving around the lake in August of 33. So we have worldwide attention in May of 33 with the original story. Then a couple of months later, people start saying like, oh, I'm seeing, I'm seeing, I'm driving 15 around. minutes of fame, baby. Right, exactly. Hey, you know what? I know George Spicer's name because he saw the dragon mm-hmm. in the water. Yeah. So... Uh, the earliest report of the monster, of a monster near Loch Ness, was in 565 AD. 
Really? So, How do they know that? Was it just like a cave painting? <laughs> like, <laughs> like someone like just scribbled it on a wall, and they're like, "That's nasty right there, baby." So, so apparently, somebody had wrote down in like a like a diary or a journal back in the time a chisel. The, yeah, right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, crushed actually, up berries right. on the wall. Yeah, they uh, they found a piece of parchment in a scotch bottle. Um, but no, they found a writing that said that claimed that a man was swimming and he was attacked by some sort of water creature or water monster that was in the, that was in the lock. How are you going to survive if like, if the Loch Ness monster attacks you? Okay, we just listened to a guy about a girl get swallowed by a whale basically and yeah. she survived. Right? Loch Ness ain't nothing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, okay, there was a hunter named Marmaduke Wetherill. That's a great I name. I love that name. Marmaduke, Marmaduke. Wetherill. That's Firstborn's uh, <laughs> name right there. <laughs> and it was in the 1930s. He went to kill the beast after all like the big fame went around the world. He was like, I'm going to go kill this thing. I like this man. Uh, he found strange, huge footprints on the side of the lock, right? So he was like, oh, I'm going to take some like uh, casts of it and send it off for examination. So he sent the molds to scientists, and they determined that it was a hippo footprint. Oh, and what happened was a prankster had a huge umbrella holder in the shape of a hippo foot, and he went out there and stomped it in the mud oh trying to get people to believe about this. There's a hippo really far north here. <laughs> the hippo of Loch Ness. Oh, my gosh. So there's been a couple of modern sightings, right? Uh, the Dave Elder video, which is a five-minute video of a perfectly calm day, right? But you see this weird wave that's about 15 feet wide moving across the surface of the lake. And people claim that you can see a dark shadow just underneath the, the surface. Mm-hmm. Uh, scientists have debunked this saying that it was probably just wind. Uh, the next one was Apple Maps in 2014. Uh, if, Apple. if you look down, if you zoomed in on Apple Maps, you, people say they saw a dark creature about 98 feet long under the surface of the lake. I could not find anybody debunking this. Uh, there have been searches... That's Google Maps. <laughs> <laughs> there have been searches for Nessie for years. Uh, some saying that it provides 80 million in tourism for Scotland every year. A mm. uh, couple last minute things. Through DNA analysis, after they tested what could possibly be in the lock, uh, scientists believe that it might be a really, really big eel. Uh, they found a bunch of. <laughs> that, that right there is just a huge ass eel. <laughs> Sorry, take that out. Oh, man. I know, I'm leaving that in. That's a good one, yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, so uh, I hate to burst anybody's bubble, but Nessie's probably just a big old, ear, big old eel. Mm. Um, yeah, so after they, they check the DNA, that's what they think it most likely is. Mm. Uh, so, what do you guys think the large, scaly creature could be? Uh, people think it could be a plesiosaurus, which is like a dinosaur with a long neck. Could be a dragon. Could be a whale. Could be even a large eel. Uh, the only thing I know is that whatever it is, Nessie definitely has a place in all of our hearts. So that's great. There you go. I think that's awesome. Nessie. Oh, Loch Ness. Loch, oh, oh, Nessie. So. Yeah, I want to meet that hippo guy with like the <laughs> hippo foot stamp. What year was the hippo thing? out there like the, going around? It was in the 30s. It was after uh, the cup the the magazine released the first couple of articles that went worldwide. Then uh, he went around. That's pretty there. creative for the 30s. Really, I know. Yeah. yeah. 
That's awesome. Cool. Let's get right into our main topic. So uh, we're going to be talking about hot spotting, um, which is basically letting the world know where you fish and then that place becoming fish or hunt and then that place becoming overcrowded with fishermen. Yeah. It, it doesn't but see it doesn't even have to become overcrowded because the fear of the hot spot. The fear of the hot is, spot, yeah. is what the hot spot yeah. is. Yeah. So I want to tell you guys how we came to this topic tonight because you know, we're a podcast, we're a YouTube channel, we talk about places that we fish, we make videos of places that we fish. I went on a trip to Wyoming, fished the Big Laramie River, posted a picture on Instagram. A guy commented Come on, guys. As someone who lives around the area, we don't need people spot-burning our rivers. They're already crowded enough. And I was like, hmm, guy might have a point. I may have, like, you know, posted where I was fishing in the video, you know, maybe been a little disrespectful about, like, specifically where to go. I did name the river. I think that's pretty fair to name the river. I went back and watched the video. I did not put any specific locations that I fished in the video. If you have fished there before or you're from the area, you probably can put two and two together. Because I know here, if someone posts a picture on the quad, 99% of the time, I know exactly where it is. Um, And so that got us thinking about... um, But that's you putting the time in to know that. Okay. Like those spots. And I don't think that that's the hot spotting. Yeah, but that's that's his whole point, right? Like, so what is what constitutes hot spotting, right? Obviously, if we put the coordinates down. It's probably like okay, yeah, that's ultimate <laughs> hot spotting. But so to me, my interpretation of hot spotting because these are all publicly access, accessible spots, right? People who know them, they know them. They're telling their friends for yeah. the most part, like, oh, I caught this fish, you know, down there at X Y Z. Oh, I fished ZYX last weekend and did pretty good. Yeah, but and they're they're sharing those. I think the definition of hot spotting is taking the work out for a new person to go fish it. Yeah, like if you if we sat there and said, and I'm going to hot spot, but if I said, yeah, Maricopa, mm-hmm. like specifically, is where I put in then that's hotspotting Maricopa. You mm-hmm. didn't do that in this post. You didn't do that in this video. Thank Cliff. Mm-hmm. Now we're going to get so many comments. Yeah. Well, I had to, I had to burn one. <laughs> you had to I give mean, up one. <laughs> I, had to burn, I had to burn one for for like an example. And yeah, that's, what I th- that's what I think hotspotting is. If you're taking the work out, like if someone's, we could say, Get on Texas Parks and Wildlife and find an access point. That's usually what I say. And that's a that's not hot spotting. That's giving tips on people how to find fishing yeah. spots. Right. Also but, if you though, like, said, but if you said go to X at Guadalupe State Park, which is blatantly outlined there on Texas Parks and Wildlife, right. then that's not hot spotting. But because also, it's already there. So I don't mind hot spotting places that I paid <laughs> access because like Sorry about you. Most people can't go to the leases right now. You know what I mean? Like, it's sold out so fast. So, like, we're good, but a lot and, of people I, can't. And I think, I'm, I mean, the ultimate, I mean, there's only one place 
I, I take that back. There's multiple places. But the most obvious place people want to go fish for rainbow trout here in South Texas is the Guadalupe River. Right. It's like, okay, duh. I mean, the information there's a five-mile there. stretch from the dam all the way down. Yeah. And there's fish there. Everybody knows that. I mean, yeah. there is not – if you think you have some hidden spot in any of that stretch of river, you're an idiot. Unless it's private land. <laughs> you, yeah. you, you, no, it, I don't even care if it's private land. Because you can walk up and down because the river as far as you want. you can walk up and down the river. You can float it. You literally can float oh, no, it. No, no, I mean, I mean like unless you have like a private pond. Not a private oh, cr- river correct. Access. Sorry, yeah, yeah. yes, yes. Yeah. So if you think you've got some pr- the secret hole on the Guadalupe <laughs> in the first – uh, Yeah, I guarantee you're, you're, you're an idiot. Too. Everybody knows where their sister at. The so real issue, though, is that – Cut it out. You're not special. We can hotspot all you want as long as we put regulations and laws into effect that only fly fishermen can actually fish that that water. Well, it, then it, I won't have a water because <laughs> I know so, half the people aren't going to bust their butts and get out there and do fly fishing. There, it, there is no such thing as hot spotting here on on the Guadalupe. Right. It, I mean, we're going to talk about but the Guadalupe. He's talking, it, it, he's talking. I'm. I was so, talking like in a general, but like he's talking specifically on the big Laramie, which is where we got called out for. So, and correct. And here's where I'm going to go with this: is there. That this is our situation here in South Texas. We have one spot to go fish. It for is trout. what it is for trout. Bass Correct. is different. Yes. You can Correct. find your own spots bass Correct. fishing. No, for sure. So for trout that we've not got a whole lot of places we can run to to go fish. So everybody knows you're not you've not got any secret hole in the Guadalupe. And also, whether or not, but you believe if you it or don't not. know if you're like I'm going to fish the Guadalupe for the first time this year, a quick Google search as a little tip it, will get you like it, all the information you correct. could ever yeah. want. Yeah. There, you know where you need to go, and that that's fine. And but also on like it is note, whatever the big Laramie isn't like a huge secret. No, right? correct. So and, and that's where I'm going with this. So I read a couple articles today that talked about hot spotting. All and right. So I learned fly fishing up in Colorado when my family moved there like 15 years ago, mm-hmm. and since then spent a lot of time up there. They've lived up there. There are spots that I have found up there by putting in miles and miles and miles of hiking, searching maps, look, looking for spots. They're like, okay, I think there, maybe there's some good fishing here. Maybe not. I don't know. And busting my ass off to get to those spots. And I found some spots that have phenomenal fishing. I can guarantee you I go up there and I'm not going to see anybody else all day long. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe I'm not saying that there's other people that don't but know about the spots, but at the same time, I can guarantee you on any given day I go up there. If I run into somebody, that is a rare occurrence. Most days I go up there, I'm not going to see anybody. So maybe and that's we'll, because I put in the work to go do yeah, that. So maybe yeah. So well, you're saying like if you're worried about the popular places that you fish getting blown up with a bunch of people, work harder for your fish. Correct. No, exactly. <laughs> that's exactly what I'm saying. There are there are so many millions of miles of stream in the west mm-hmm. that you literally i mean i could fish the rest of my life in colorado and i search out these places look at map yeah. and i could go and fish and never see anybody at all but people want to access they, they don't want to put in the work to go get those spots yeah. they want to mm-hmm. park their car they want to get out they want to walk maybe 500 yards at most be in the river and fishing yeah and those are the and i'm sorry i don't care those spots are gonna get blown up those everybody's spots gonna are know hot already those yeah. spots are hard yes there's fish there yes there's fish to be caught you're not hot spotting by me telling you about those spots. Or maybe you, if you love fishing so much. It is general knowledge. Now, you take some spot that you've put busted your ass off to go find, like, and you don't know anybody else, you're not going to go post those spots. I mean, there's spots I know of in Colorado right now where my family lives that I've worked my butt off to get to that I'm never going to tell anybody about. 
because those are spots I've worked for. I know there's fish there. I know, and I'm not going to tell. But even, I may or may not take. I, I take y'all there. But I know y'all aren't going to go not broadcast podcast it. Listeners. Not podcast listeners. <laughs> no, no. We're my, talking my friends here at the hosts. table. Yeah, my friends here at the table. I would take my friends here at the table because I know they're not going to go post it online. And, and, but, even, but you got to protect those spots, yes, because you've worked your butt off. But that's not common knowledge. That's not something you're going to find on Google. That's something that you have found because you've put in the work to find that. But even I think where the issue is is the thumbnail photo of this video that he commented on. Well, actually, he commented on the Instagram, so it was just an Instagram photo, was a photo of Landon grip and grin with a fish with a background behind him. Even if you go to your secret spots and take a picture... They're not going to know where that's at. Exactly, because a tree looks like a tree, looks like a tree, looks like a tree. Unless you know those waters, you don't know where it is. Right, but then it's already not hot spotting. You know it. This guy knows where I went fishing because he's been there. So there's about 100,000 other people. You also want to know how I found out up at these spots? I went and talked to the guys at the fly shop. <laughs> right. So, exactly. So, so if you're going to go there, also, if you're a tourist there. I wasn't the only person fishing these spots. Both these places were campsites. I fished on the weekend, and the campsites were full. <laughs> oh, my God. This place is so <laughs> cool. not hot spotting land. Yeah. <laughs> Dude. Yeah. Also, if you want fish bad now, enough, take a day off of work. Go during the week. So... Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, it, it's, it's, it is it's, a hot topic right now amongst. No, I us think also to be. To, I think it's also, a buzzword. Is what it is. Correct. Is people? Correct. Yeah, you're right. Well, as social media grows, you want to say right. you want to say the buzzwords for the industry or the hobby that you want to gain you clout. So sitting there, some dude up in Wyoming who doesn't know us from Adam, yeah. saying that Landon hot spotted his little stretch of river. Is complete and utter BS because everyone in that his town knows that spot already. Mm-hmm. However, I will say though that there is something to be said about like your spot, like that spot that's like your favorite, right? So I have a bass spot that like I love to go, right? And I usually don't tell that many people. I have like a couple bass spots, and I'll tell people the other ones before I tell them like my favorite one. Oh yeah, right? mm-hmm. I think right. we all have got but some kind that, of spot like right. that. I think and that, so if I found out that like, somebody was like hot spotting that one, I'd. I wouldn't make a big deal about it, but I'd be a little hurt. You know, I'd be like, dang it, like... But, okay, you so... Know, that's my that's my place. But could I go I think, Google and find your spot? Yeah, you don't have to no, Google. You can no, buy a no, book. No, but, but there's a difference between... Karen Reed. There's a, di- there's a difference between going to, you know, seeing a picture of someone fishing your yeah. spot that you know, and then someone posting, oh, I went to this crossing on the Guadalupe. Yeah. There's a big difference that because... That is hot spotting. Yeah. Posting Correct. a picture, posting a picture of where you were, and then you recognizing it is not hot spotting. No, because you that same picture, if I looked at it, I wouldn't know where the heck it is. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So, so I mean, if you want the ultimate hot spotting book, go buy the no, local. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> yeah, don't um, do that. Yeah, don't do that. Um, I will. If you're also looking say, to get into hot spotting, <laughs> please purchase this. No. If you're yeah, so there, if you're out oh, there yeah. listening, there, like, damn, I need a hot spot. There is um, also. I'm not going to call this guy out, but he does have an Instagram. He's posting pictures of him fishing in certain areas. Yeah, is he hot? He's calling. He calling us out for hot spotting, and yet there's pictures of him doing grips and grins with the background noticeable. So, I think the definition for hot spotting should be 
you took all the work out for the layman to find that spot. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You literally tell them every nook and cranny and hole, and you walk five feet here, you walk five feet there, you throw it in the bank here, you throw it in the bank there. Or you you give them GPS coordinates, or you say the crossing that you went into. The fun part of fishing is figuring it out, too. Correct. So, yeah. I uh, uh, Corey said, I'm okay with sharing my hotspots because it forces me to go to another. <laughs> <laughs> that fair point. I like so, that, yeah. But I mean, that's it, a, there's some truth. I don't that. think Corey's, like, posting where he fished. I think he's telling his friends and stuff like that and, you know, sharing information. And But that's a different, that's a different subject. I, don't I think also want to point spotting. out that there is an app. I don't even know if I want to mention the app because people no, are going to go download don't it. Don't tell it, but there is an app that is very common in the fishing world, where people literally post where they caught fish. Hunt wise, what is it? Or fish wise? No, that you're close though. On X. <laughs> <laughs> no, but there is literally Dude, an all app I'm saying is, that is mainstream. So, on- that's, that's that's fine. Go fish those spots. There still comes down to it, uh, and this kind of goes. I don't mind fishing behind people because a lot of times they don't know what they're doing. So you go fish that spot, that's fine. That's why Will forces me up the river first. <laughs> it's like Cliff don't know what he's doing. So, yeah. Uh, all right. Hot spotting. We're still going to bring spotting. you guys great content. We are going to mention the river that we fish too. If I go fish the Big Laramie again, you guys will know about it. You guys won't know where I'm going. But I'm fishing the quad tomorrow. Anybody want to join me? <laughs> well, what hole are, are you fishing tomorrow? Oh, uh, like there's two. So uh, the one right there by uh, Deloches, which everybody knows about. <laughs> so, yeah, it's just go out, find your own places. If you don't want people to know about it, don't post it. And uh, have fun fishing. Ian. Do you have any opinions yeah. before we close? And then also, do you have your final words of wisdom? Um, on hot spotting, dude, I just tagged San Antonio Zoo on everything. <laughs> like, don't hot know, spot the zoo, like, man. That's a great fishing spot. Yeah, that's, that's like where I catch all my fish. That's where I catch my crocs. No, we, we, have yeah, a, hot, we have an aquarium here. <laughs> yeah. Catch my dolphins there. It's um, in a shop. You know, man, like... <laughs> I am more moderate when it comes to that. Like, it, it, I see both sides, right? Like, it's important to get new people out fishing. And sometimes I will tell people where I caught fish. Actually, most of the time I will tell people where I caught fish if they look like they're new or if they're curious, like just kind of good vibes. Uh, but it can get excessive, right? I would say the Guadalupe, there's a ton of people and it can get crowded. But there's a simple solution. Tag the wrong location. On the <laughs> Is that your words of wisdom, Ian? Tag the Tag wrong location. Yeah, yeah. Yes. we're going we're gonna to loop that in. Whenever you're fishing and hunting, Tag the wrong location. Yeah. I tagged a vegan restaurant one time, and they were like, "What?" <laughs> <laughs> they like message. They sent me some message that. that was like, "They sent you a I message." Think you sent- yeah, and it was like, I think you tagged the wrong place. And I was like, oh, like, oh no, I didn't. It was, it was something. This was a long time ago. It was something like that. But like, um, just like 
be courteous, man, on the water. Like, don't get up on people. Don't steal people's spots, you know. But at the same time, don't hog all the good ones for yourself. We're all in this together. Come on. Just have fun. Yep. Just have just, fun. It's fit. Yeah, just relax. I don't know. I sound like a hippie. I know I'm in Austin, <laughs> but I'm like, man. But tag the wrong location. Uh, plus, it's fun to scroll through San Antonio Zoo's photos and just <laughs> like tag on Instagram. And it shows like shows a guy in like Botswana shooting like a uh, water buffalo, and you're like, whoa. <laughs> that was very but San Antonio. Oh, all right, guys. Well, we'll see y'all next week. Hopefully, without any editing issues. Oh, so it'll come out on time. Yeah. Oh, we won't yeah. get into that though. All cool. right, Zach. All right. all right, guys. Here we go. Mike. Dude, I gotta go buy some gold bond after this. <laughs> Summer's still here. <laughs>